The Big Beat manifesto goes, Big Beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. This is contagious. Yeah. This is outrageous. This is contagious. Run, you cretin! You're a fuckhead! That's what you are! A fucking shithead! It was a joke, Mark. I was joking. It was a Christmas joke. Hey everybody, welcome to the L Dude Brothers Podcast, episode zero, our introductory episode, and uh, we're going to be discussing all things Mitchell and Webb, and, but first we're going to be focusing on Peep Show. My name's Lee, and I'm here with my friend Sean. Hey guys, what's up? My name's Sean. Yep, that would be Sean, and uh, Sean, how you been this week? Oh, you know, been pretty good, been pretty good, uh, just uh, between work and school and uh, getting ready for this podcast, not not doing a whole bunch. Yeah, what no, about you? No, pretty pretty much the same. I'm excited to finally uh, start this this podcast for sure because it's been kind of a long time in the works and kind of been working hard on it. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, just to recap, kind of what's been going on in the world this week, uh, we've got the uh, new baby hippo at the Cincinnati Zoo. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, new baby hippo. Uh, it was unexpected. Um, took his first steps today. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, um, you know, I was glad to hear that it actually got a chance to start walking before they decided to shoot it. So um, that's always positive. Good for Cincinnati, hometown, Queen City. What's up? Um, yeah, Cincinnati's had kind of a, a Cincinnati's been in the in the news more this year with uh, with everything with Harambe than I think I ever hear about Cincinnati. Yeah, well, you know, when you got you know a bunch of failing sports teams and uh, you know. Uh, rest in peace around me. That's all I'm going to say as a, as a bitter Bengals fan. Um, what else you got, Sean? Uh, not, not much. Uh, you know, uh, just, did you watch the Super Bowl at all? Cause I know that was pretty much what my, uh, Sunday night was dominated by. Uh, I did. And, uh, you know, afterwards I was left feeling a little bit deflated. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as somebody, I'm, I'm going to be moving to Georgia here at uh, at some point here soon, and uh, I was kind of hoping for a Falcons win, but uh, just kind of kind of put the pin in the uh, in the balloon there, kind of deflated. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely feel very deflated and and cheated and and spied upon. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, it, hang, hang on, hang on, hang the... on. There's something wrong with my headset. Okay, okay. Do you okay. Want to start over. That was a Belichick joke. Oh yes, oh jeez, oh my god, yeah, yeah, I sh- should have. Uh... No, that's. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm gonna leave that in because that was a that was a, a pure funny moment with my complete confusion. Yeah, so that, that's that's that, staying in. That, that's quality banter right there. So. Yeah, that is a uh, top tier banter. Yeah, yeah I, uh, you know, I I knew, like, I knew. As soon as as soon as I don't remember which commentator it was, start of the fourth quarter, Patriots were down by nineteen, and one of the commentators was just like, Oh, down by nineteen with a full quarter left to go. That's a tough yeah, that's gonna be a tough tough to make up and you know, it's just when you're as much as I hate the Patriots, you know, when you're dealing with Tom Brady, like nineteen points isn't anything no. in fifteen minute span. No, absolutely not. It was uh as soon as uh, Matt Ryan got that strip sack on him, I just I it the the plane had crashed into the mountain, it was over. So Yeah, um, I definitely uh I, I definitely felt the same way you, you texted me uh when that happened and I remember thinking like, Okay, it's just not a big deal, let's just, you know, recover and 
prevent Tom Brady for winning, but yeah, yeah it's too much to ask for. It's uh, but you know, as a, as a Bengals fan over here, and obviously you're a Chiefs fan, we're used to disappointment. So it's um, <laughs> much like uh, much like Mark in Peep Show, and uh, in the words of David Mitchell, Atlanta Falcons, that's a bad miss. Mm. So. Let's move on to uh, talking about uh, Peep Show. We're going to go ahead and introduce the series here, kind of give you a little rundown, a little bit of a uh, backstory on it, because if you haven't heard of it before, it is kind of a strange show to watch, uh, just because it's filmed in a very certain way. Um, you know, the mix of humor is a little bit different than what you normally would see on you know American TV. Um, so Peep Show is a British comedy series, and uh, it aired for nine seasons on Channel 4, uh, from 2003 to 2015, there were some breaks in there. They didn't necessarily do it every year. And it's the longest-running comedy show in Channel 4 history. Uh, the show's unique because it has a first-person point of view. Um, so uh, whenever you're looking, watching the show, you're watching it from the, the point of view of one of the characters. It's not just you know a random camera somewhere off in the room or anything like that, which you know, I can imagine is probably a challenge to act that way. You know, uh, for for me, uh, that's one of the things I really. I it's why sometimes you f- I feel super immersed in the show because you're you're seeing it from a, you know, very rarely do you actually see, um, you know, like a bigger picture. It's I like that you get to see through characters' eyes and you don't necessarily get to see everything that's going on around it. Absolutely, and I just again, I just think it would be extremely difficult to try to deliver some of these lines just staring into a camera, you know, trying to be animated, just staring directly into the lens of a camera. So yes, especially some of the you know the scenes where they like have to kiss the camera or like really get close <laughs> to the camera. I can't imagine uh, how uh, you know as a viewer those those scenes just I, uh, I can't do them. They, <laughs> there's something about that view. Where the point of view falls apart for me, and it just gets a little bit weird. Yeah, but, I I don't want to I don't want to get too far in down this rabbit hole, but some of the first I think that the reason that they feel so awkward, especially some of the first person like Mark sex scenes, feel so awkward is because you're supposed to try to feel what it's like to be in that situation, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it, it, the point of view uh, aspect was actually inspired by a, a Channel 4 documentary called Being Caprice, uh, which I've never seen, but certainly if we find it, we will talk about it. I definitely think we should. It's uh, about a model, a British model, I believe. Oh, very nice. Um, so uh, just going over the main characters and cast for Season 1, uh, main characters we have David Mitchell as Mark Corrigan, and uh, Mark is kind of your neurotic uh classic straight man but um kind of idolizes uh the, the the other main character jeremy's uh bad side and um they kind of they riff off each other really well it's kind of a yin and yang and we'll get into that in a little bit um any thoughts on mark um you know mark is probably one of my favorite characters in the in the entire series and um i think he's one of the more uh, consistent characters throughout the show, and um, he has some of the best uh, monologues in the entire series. Um, he's very awkward. He's a very awkward guy to be around, and uh, a lot of times when I'm trying to decide if I want to do something, I ask myself, "Is this something Mark would do?" And if the answer is yes, then I just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, is this social suicide? Would Mark do this? Basically, same question. Yes. Um, you know, on the other hand, uh, like I said, the uh, yin to the yang there, uh, we got Robert Webb as Jeremy Osborne, 
who is uh, as a self-described wastoid. Uh, you know, he's kind of like a uh, he really wants to be a an, like an EDM musician, but just never really kind of gets there because he's too busy doing drugs and whatnot. Um, but uh, very chaotic, uh, very kind of like alt uh, counterculture sort of. Um, any other uh, words to describe Jeremy? Uh, I think that Jeremy is not as counterculture as he makes people believe. Um, I think that he sees this idealized version of himself that's like that. But I, I think that Jeremy really, um, you know, Jeremy is a funny character and um, he definitely drives a lot of the the plots in a lot of the episodes. He, de- he um, definitely does. I mean, you can tell he has a conscience, ultimately. You know, he is counterculture, but he has a conscience, I would say. Maybe. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That might be a good way to describe him. Um, you also, uh, season one, we have Olivia Coleman who plays Sophie Chapman, uh, which is uh, in season one, uh, actually for the beginning of the series pretty much, is Mark's uh, main love interest. Um, very straightforward, office working, you know, kind of regular lady. Uh, not really a whole lot to say about Sophie uh, for season one. No, I would uh, I definitely agree with that. She is um she is by far probably the character that changes the most throughout the series. Um she's a very funny, she's a great foil to Mark especially in the the <laughs> early seasons. She's a, a fantastic foil to Mark and uh um you know, yeah, just really some funny some funny parts with her and um Olivia Coleman is is amazing at playing the like w- playing off of uh, David Mitchell's awkward interactions with her. Yeah, and and again, when you say the evolution of her character, she did a really good job evolving that character over the course of the series. Um, uh, speaking of foils and uh, dastardly deeds, we've got uh, Matt King who plays Superhands. What do you say about Superhands? I mean, <laughs> where, do, where do you even start? I uh, he's such a funny he's such a funny character. He has a couple episodes that are very um centric on him, but one of my favorite things is that I never I never feel like that he's overused um or that he goes back to the same well too many times. He's got very very smart um he's got very very smart sense of humor and um a lot of the jokes uh, I knew were supposed to be funny, so I would just laugh cuz I knew, hey, this is a joke, but I didn't really understand the the reason behind the humor. Um, however, you know, for this podcast, um, in just kind of an attempt to make sure that I was understanding stuff, right. I started looking up a lot of the meanings for some of his more obscure jokes. And then I just was laughing uproariously when I kind of realized what he was trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you looked that up because I never had, and it, it made a lot of the things his character does make a lot more sense. And he's a lot smarter of a guy than, you know, he comes off as, uh, you know, he's, he's actually, some of his jokes are extremely highbrow, which you wouldn't expect. He's, he's, he's basically just the wild card of the series. He's, he's, if Mark is the, if Mark is the angel on Jeremy's shoulder, dev, uh, uh, super hands is the devil. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so many times, uh, Jeremy, uh, whew, it, it gets interesting, but, uh, yeah. so, uh, Moving on, uh, David Mitchell and Robert Webb actually originally met in college. Uh, they were rehearsing for a stage production of Cinderella, which I, I find kind of interesting. I can only imagine what uh, Mitchell and Webb would have been doing auditioning for Cinderella. Yeah, I guess they both uh, would have been trying to play uh, Prince Charming, but 
Oh man, I just can't imagine either of them playing uh, <laughs> that role. No, absolutely not. I mean, Mark committing social suicide on stage. Oh, here's your glass well, slipper. Oh no. no. That's not true, because Mark is definitely the kind of person that would kiss a sleeping woman if he knew he could get away with it. <laughs> well, but I think Jeremy actually does. So <laughs> I guess you can say that about both characters. Um, but they, they helped write uh, and develop the show, but uh, it's, it's chiefly written by Jesse Armstrong and Sam Bain. Uh, originally, the concept for the series was to do kind of a Beavis and Butthead-style sitcom where the characters are just kind of commenting on whatever's on TV due to various budget reasons uh, the concept evolved into the existing show because i guess the bbc and the way that it works it was going to be too expensive for them to pay for the rights to all those tv shows and i think in season one you see a little bit of that commentary happen yeah i would definitely agree with that um yeah i definitely agree that the it has that definitely kind of Beavisy and butthead kind of feel to it. Yeah, there's there's a few instances where they're just watching TV, and it's it's really funny. You know, it's it's it is a departure from Beavis and Butthead. It's it's basically just highbrow Beavis and Butthead. Um, so in 2008, uh, Spike TV actually asked uh, Robert Wide from Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, to direct a pilot of Peep Show, but adapted for American TV. But it just never happened, and that just comes from a long line of British TV failures in America. Um, is, that the, uh, is that that horrible one that's on YouTube? Uh, I believe it is. Um, I think, I, I'm not sure if there was a whole, you know, I think it was the IT crowd with Joel McHale that ended up on YouTube. No, I think there's one episode of the American U- uh, American Peep Show that's on YouTube. It's terrible, but here's the, <laughs> well, here's the deal. If we get, if we get a hundred, likes on our facebook page we will review the one lone episode of american peep show on it's on youtube and it is god awful yeah it's it's gonna be a burial uh so we have that we have the it crowd with joel McHale. you know it crowd very funny british show uh very entertaining ran for what five series i believe um something like that i i have not i've never watched it but uh i it's one of those shows that's on my list of shows to watch because it sounds like it'd be right up my alley. It's extremely good. Um, and then also uh, in the same boat, we have American Top Gear, which you know aired on History Ooh. Channel. I don't know if it's still airing, but Jesus, was it bad. I mean... Yeah, it was oh, not good. It's absolutely terrible. They took everything about Top Gear and just completely dismantled it. I mean, the show... And, and I don't even know where they went wrong because the show felt the same. Like, it's just the banner. It's just the the banter between the three hosts. Yeah, I mean, the, ho- the host didn't click. That. Yeah, the the hosts definitely just don't click with each other. It's hard. Yeah, and on on a British TV note, actually, uh, the Grand Tour just wrapped up its first series on Amazon. Very great stuff. If you have Amazon Prime, definitely check it out. It's uh, it's a definitely a return to the old Top Gear uh, with the three guys uh, doing their thing. So. Um, since Peep Show, uh, Mitchell and Webb done a lot of other work together. Uh, they've done radio shows, podcasts, a book, other shows uh, like uh, uh, Mitchell and Webb Look was their sketch show. Uh, David Mitchell appears on a lot of panel shows. Uh, they've done a live tour uh, doing just sketches pretty much on stage. Uh, it kind of goes along the same lines of the Mitchell and Webb Look, which we'll be talking about uh, in later podcasts. They've also done a full-length film, which I believe is still available on Netflix. It was, I believe, it's called Magicians. Something like, yeah, something like that. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Um, 
But, you know, going going back to something you were saying a little earlier, you know, um, Mitchell and Webb look, their uh, sketch show is very funny. Um, has some very, very great sketches. And one of the things that really always makes me laugh in those sketches is when um, uh, when it's um, Robert Webb that plays the straight man to David Mitchell's kind of crazy guy. Yeah, yeah, they definitely flip the roles a little bit. Actually, there's one sketch in particular, if you remember, uh, where they play the same character. I think it's Sherlock Holmes. Because like it was, they could they were arguing over who was going to play Sherlock Holmes and who was going to play Watson, so they just kept switching back and forth. <laughs> yes, right. yeah, and that's yes. I think yeah, I great think that's stuff. like a great example of that where you know they, like Jeremy or rather uh, Robert Webb is the straight man, David Mitchell goes crazy, and it's just it's comedy gold. They they just work so well together in every possible way. Everything they do yes. just meshes really well, and that's that's just so important. Um. So uh, David Mitchell is, I think I'd already mentioned, uh, he does appear as a guest panelist pretty often on BBC. Uh, there's a show called QI, which stands for Quite Interesting, hosted by Stephen Fry, one of the biggest panel shows in the UK. Very informative, very interesting, and, and it kind of gives you a look into the mind of David Mitchell as being you know, a well-educated, well-read. I mean, he's a really smart guy. Yes, I mean, you can... You can... Uh, every interview with him, uh, every interview with him that I've ever heard, I always am impressed with how well he presents himself and um, how good he comes across. And uh, yeah, he's a great, you know, a great, always good on those uh, British panel shows, and he does a ton of them. And additionally, he also has a, a couple of YouTube channels out there where he's done a couple short series on YouTube. A lot of it is just him ranting and complaining about you know whatever's going on in the news, but. Uh, they are pretty entertaining as well. You can check those out on YouTube. And uh, at some point, we'll make sure we post a link up to all this material that we're referencing here. Uh, Mitchell and Webb were also the stars of the I'm a Mac campaign in the UK, and I bet you can't guess who played who. I'm going to say David Mitchell was the Mac, or excuse me, the PC, and David Webb was the Mac. Well, Robert Webb. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yes, Robert Webb, sorry. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, perfect casting. And yeah. they took a lot of heat for it uh, initially because fans of Peep Show and some of their other properties were like, oh, well, they're selling out. Um, you know, this isn't, you know, the kind of stuff you guys usually do. And they were just like, look, the opportunity came up. We did it. You can't blame them. Because, you know, in, in the UK, you know, television salaries aren't what they are in the US. You know, you don't hear about Jerry Seinfeld getting, what, like $9 million an episode or whatever back in the 90s like that just doesn't happen right. over there so uh, but i thought it was great casting those commercials are also available on youtube and through all this stuff on the bbc because it's a smaller community of actors and and writers and things like that you see a lot of crossover with the same group of actors it's very it's very funny and uh olivia coleman for those of you who don't know she went on to go do a show with uh david Tennant of from Doctor Who that was on uh, Netflix that was excellent. Yeah, and, and pretty much the entire cast of Peep Show pops up in Mitchell and Webb look at one point or another. And it's, you know, it's more than just like a cameo thing too. Like, hey, oh, hey, look at Sophie. It's not, you know, it, it's actually entertaining. They write, they write proper parts for them. And uh, it, it's just, there's a lot of crossover. Other shows like Whites. I don't know if you've ever seen Whites. was a BBC show. I think it ran for two series. Uh, Izzy Suddy, who's in later seasons of Peep Show, plays alongside Matt King uh, in that show. 
it's about a restaurant tour, but very entertaining. Uh, we'll probably take a look at that one. You know, we kind we kind of want to make sure as we move along here through the seasons of Peep Show that uh, you know we we take a look at some of the other you know just gems of British TV that are available to view and are kind of in the Mitchell and Webb universe. Yeah, it's it's amazing how uh, you can find all this stuff so easily online. I mean, um, for the show that we're going to be reviewing, Peep Show, the whole thing is on Hulu. Um, you can also go to Amazon, and you can purchase the entire DVD set from there. You can go onto the Channel 4 website. You can purchase the DVDs. Um, most of the really good Mitchell and Webb look sketches are all on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great how accessible all this stuff is. It is, and we, you know, we we'll post some affiliate links and things like that. Uh, if you would click those and, and take a browse through Amazon um, to get all your Mitchell and Webb stuff, because it is important to support the writers and actors that you like and that you enjoy, um, so that they can keep creating content. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, especially with it the disparity between American and British TV, where they just they really don't make much. So, um, you know, let's help out. Uh, let's help out all these writers and, and actors. Um, but there is a lot of crossover and, uh, very entertaining. Um, definitely check it out. So moving on, uh, let's talk about season one. Um, you know, season one, uh, started in 2003 and initially, uh, you know, I watched season one. I thought, I thought it was good enough to continue watching the show, but as you get further on into the series, at least for me personally, I didn't really care for season one a whole lot. Uh, I agree. It's uh, there's some some gems in there, including the you know the each each season is only six episodes, so you know uh, even having three kind of lackluster episodes in one season will will kind of spoil a season. But uh, there's one pretty good episode in in season one. Um, the rest of it is just weird. The characters act weird. Um, it doesn't have its kind of iconic opening theme song. It just there's a lot of stuff about it that's different. Absolutely, and uh, you know, the, I think it was a good intro to the characters, and there are some golden moments. Uh, I believe it's the third episode of the first season is one of the best that they ever did, but it was a diamond in the rough. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's a weird. It's. It's weird season. It's it's a weird season, and uh, you know, but if, if when you go to watch it, um, you know, assuming that you haven't already seen it, definitely, uh, it it just takes a little bit of an open mind. I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it my first time through, but when you compare it to the rest of the series and Mitchell and Webb's body of work, it just doesn't quite stand up. But it is still funny. It is still entertaining. Uh, highly recommend it, and hope that you'll uh, stick with us for all the episode analysis. We're going to do a full episode analysis for every single episode of the series. Uh, commentary. We're going to look at uh, writing credits, things like that, see if we can find differences between the episodes. And uh, those will start uh, coming at you every Wednesday real soon. So We're looking at 54 episodes of the show, plus uh, we'll do the American Peep Show if we get 100 likes on our Facebook page. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about the show with you. You were you were the one that uh, got me into it. Um, basically, what happened? Lee and I were hanging out, and he said, "Hey, have you seen the show?" Um, he's, he said, "Hey, have you seen the show before?" And I I hadn't. And uh, you showed me 
the first, I think it was one of the season two episodes. Uh, I can't remember. I don't exactly remember, but right. you just showed me one episode and it was, uh, um, it was just, as soon as I watched it, I just super identified with both characters and just wanted to watch more and, um, ended up watching at that point in time, what was the entire series, um, <laughs> in probably the span of like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is really easy to do with the six episode series. And, uh, you know, for those that aren't super familiar with British television, British television is written for different reasons. Cause it's, it's funded by the British government, uh, and licensing fees and things. There's, there's a whole structure to it, but it's, it's not advertising centric like American TV is. So take a show like an American TV show. Like, uh, we actually, we can take one of both, uh, the office, so the office was originally a British TV show. Again, short series. Um, you know, they, they told their story, they wrapped it up and they moved on. Uh, the American office though, did sort of the same thing, except their story was done after six seasons, but then they kept it going for another three seasons that were just absolute garbage. So the British TV series, try to get to the point, tell the story that they need to tell and they're done. There's not, dragging it out for the purpose of collecting more advertising money. Right. And you can definitely, you can definitely tell that, um, I by far do not think that at any point in its lifespan, re- peep show was a, a ratings juggernaut, but, no. um, because of the, the structure over there, they were able to give, a you know, they were able to give a show that, um, had a, you know, if you think about a show like my so-called life, that's a cult classic now. Um, but you know, at the time just wasn't really, appreciated and it wasn't until it went off the air that people were like oh that's a pretty good show but uh i feel like peep show um you know may have ended up being like that kind of a show if it had been an american uh, production you maybe would have got one two seasons tops and then that was it right i agree um you know that in each episode of the british series there's there's a ton of content there really is just a lot to take in in every episode which is why we thought you know, it'd be great to have a podcast and go through and do all these analysis for you. So uh, hopefully you'll stick with us and enjoy it. Like I said, uh, should be seeing uh, the first couple episodes roll out the next couple of weeks here. Uh, I believe we're going to be uh, put, posting them every uh, Wednesday. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Wednesdays. Uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um, just kind of depends on when we're both busy guys. So depends on when we get a chance to record. Um, but on that topic, I got to say I'm looking uh, very uh, very forward to starting this uh, show with you. Absolutely, and, uh, we're going to be starting with uh, season one, episode one, which is called "Warring Factions." Kind of introduces a couple of the um, key characters. Also, kind of goes into one of the recurring themes of the series, which is there's usually one sort of like season long character that drives the plot, and then will kind of fade away in later seasons, but uh, you get to meet Tony, and she's a great character. She is, and I think Warring Factions as an episode title being the first episode title, I mean, it, it kind of, it's kind of the whole show, in a way. It, it's yes, kind I of, would. Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, Jeremy and Mark at odds with each other, and it's just, it's fantastic. So Yes, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that. Absolutely. So, um, but that's all, that's all we have for you this time. Hope you enjoyed the introductory episode, episode zero, I guess we're referring to it as, and, uh, just want to give a shout out today to our buddy, uh, Luke from the Jay and Luke are bored podcast. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday to Luke. Yeah. Happy birthday, Luke. You're a good dude. 
Absolutely good guy. If you uh, haven't heard that podcast, it's it's pretty entertaining. You should go check that out as well. And uh, until next time, this is the L Dude Brothers saying, eh, eh, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>